Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back to another Super Rugby Podcast with your hosts Damien Warren and Toby Harris. Toby, you look a bit tired, <laughs> tired today mate. Do you want to tell everyone why? Well, A, it's early in the morning and I'm on holiday and I had a, had a few beverage jars <laughs> last night. So um, normally we do this on an evening when we're tired then as well but today we're doing it in the morning it's a christmas special which is an absolute lie it's a normal podcast <laughs> it Village. and we've got a couple of more questions for you from our well we've got an extra question from our listeners so there you go but i just want to shout out say um peter morris what a legend peter morris is so toby peter morris is the guy that's done the review for oh, us oh yeah yeah. On, I think it was the Raw Rugby, yeah. and he rated us highly, <laughs> highly in his review. So thank you very much. Hopefully, if you want to go across to Raw Rugby and read that review, then that'd be fantastic. It's about a sentence long. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're number one, though. Thank you very much. <laughs> he must be deaf. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thank you for that. And and um, if you wanted to do anything for us, um, then retweet our post just saying how much you enjoy the show if you enjoy the show if you don't enjoy the show then pick out your worst enemy and send it to them <laughs> but without further ado <laughs> oh how about breaking news how about i get on to it first? you go breaking news yeah. mate so wallabies target need for speed wallabies target need for speed yeah so they were going to go fast cars yeah <laughs> like the games i remember having need for speed as a kid on the computer. Anyway, um, so they're targeting need for speed for the Olympics and the 2023 Rugby World Cup. So, Rugby Australia have implemented a benchmark. Right. So, this is a pace benchmark. So, they want everyone to be like speed demons, Kurumbedi. 
Okay, so you're, you're saying that they're doing this for the Sevens program. No. But also... Yes. So for both? For both. So we're going to have their... This is their way forward, is that prop forwards are going to be rapid. Is ba- is this basically what, what I'm picking up from this or not? Have I got well, it wrong? I think as a, like the benchmark, so it'll be positional-wise... Yeah. They've got to be up to a certain standard of speed. Again, a bit like fitness. Yeah. You've got to hit that benchmark of fitness... To then go right, you're ready to play rugby. Okay, so 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 I, well, I kind of think this is a good idea, yeah. but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Well, it's just like a fitness thing. Yeah, I, I get that, but what happens if you got the best scrummager ever, and he's just slow? What well, he, he could yeah, be the best line out lifter, be, the not, best scrummager ever. He could have the most amazing hands. He's playing in the front row, but oh, no, mate, you can't come into the team because you're not fast enough. No, but they're professional athletes. They're going to be fast enough, aren't they? Okay. So they just want to edge that benchmark higher and higher. So that Pete, maybe they've got to work on it a little bit more. Potentially it's more for the backs. Yeah. Than anywhere else. So by reading this, it kind of makes me think that Australia are going to turn into the new... US seven setup where they just get electric ex, electric players ex, playing um, sprinters who can run you know mid mid tens low tens playing rugby can't tackle no yeah, hands. Mate, the only time I ran sub ten <laughs> sub ten <laughs> was to the <laughs> fridge <laughs> sub eleven was when I was running away from my mum when I'd yeah. done something wrong. Um, the interesting thing, I think, is it's um, Ben Ryan, the sevens coach, yeah. the Fijian and English sevens coach. Uh, again, I probably mentioned him a couple of times, but uh, I was lucky enough to have a day or two, I think, two days with him on a course. And he had benchmark fitness tests. And basically, if you did not reach those benchmarks, yeah. it doesn't matter who you were, you got dropped from the side. And he obviously introduced that to Fiji, and, and you could see their, yeah. their performances went through the roof. But he was ruthless with it, he said. He said, there is no excuses. If you turn up after a summer, you could be my captain. You don't hit those, hit those benchmarks. And he actually did it to a couple of players. Wow. And as soon as he did it, there was no more. There was no future problems. No. No one came off season and wasn't yeah. fit enough. So, yeah, it, it, was, um, it was definitely something that, that we implemented here at the school that, that, I, that we teach at. Uh, obviously our levels weren't quite as high as his, but it did make a difference. Everyone knew where they stood. Everyone worked towards it. And, and it's amazing what people can achieve because one of the things that we did was 100 press-ups. To, to go to the Sevens program, they had to do 100 press-ups in a row. And 100 press-ups in one go? In one go, yeah. And all of the kids were like, well, I can't do this. This is impossible. And they all managed it. So all... 12 of the seven squad all managed to do 100 press-ups, 300 sit-ups, and I think it's 20 pull-ups, or 30 pull-ups. In one go? So no. no. So, they, so they did 100 press-ups, and that was that test done. Yeah. 300 sit-ups, that was that test done, and 30 pull-ups, and that was that, that test done. So the 30 pull nah, don't believe you. Yeah. Nah. 100%, mate. Nah. 30 pull-ups in one go. In, or maybe it wasn't. Oh, it, it was. A, it, it was a lot oh, of pull-ups. It was a lot of pull-ups. It yeah, might not have been thirty. Okay, yeah. I think I did thirty. <laughs> In <laughs> my dreams. <laughs> yeah, uh, mate. My first one is Cipriani was never that good anyway. Ex England player launches a serious attack on him, and this goes back to the fact that Austin Healy 
has come out and said, well, is he a big loss or is he not a big loss Austin from Gloucester? Healy's a no, Austin Healy's a legend. Silly man. He is amazing. No, he's not. Trust me. He has got an awesome rugby brain, Austin Healy, and he's a funny guy. And no, yeah, he he's does. not. He he's does not funny at all. He's really he's funny. He's an awful commentator. No, he's brilliant. Nah, worst. worst I, I, re- I think his insights are great, but... When you read the article, he's not really saying that he didn't think Cipriani was that good. He was just sort of saying that his performances are often driven by his mood rather than a will to win for the team. I mean, he's class though, isn't he? He is absolutely class. And you know, he was, he's left Gloucester now. We don't really know why, but strangely enough, he was replaced literally the same day by uh, Hastings, the Scottish... Um, it's not Gavin Hastings' son or cousin right. or nephew or something along those Once lines. Removed. <laughs> uh has the same last name. Um, so I'm just not sure what's going on there. But yeah, he was a great player, no doubt. And you know, I've, I saw him play a couple of years ago for Gloucester, and then that season he was just electric and fantastic, and arguably the best ten. In England, definitely, mm. maybe further At the time. than that. Yeah. So um, it's always funny when they write these articles, you know, you, you kind of think, oh, you know, what's he going to say? And then they don't really say what the title says. So well, it's just the really, media, isn't it? It's just the media, yeah. Because yeah. I, I saw an article um, saying that, where is it? Without crowds, Cipriani may have lost the rugby buzz. I don't think he has the rugby buzz. No. He doesn't play rugby because he, he be, he's he an entertainer. It. Yeah. But he, it's also a job for him. Yeah. You know, he just does the job, does the bare minimum sometimes. I would, where do you, so he's, he's obviously going to, um, he's obviously going somewhere else. It'll be interesting to see what well, he how does. How old is he? He's not that old, is he? He must be. 33. Is he 33? I wouldn't even say he's that old. I would love to see him. In Super Rugby. Again. Yeah, but, you know, he played for the Rebels when the Rebels just had started. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great for him to go to the Chiefs? You know, what a great signing that would be. Any, oh, any of the Super Rugby that. teams would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah. So Get him down to Poverty Bay, mate. <laughs> get, him down, on the East Coast. get him down to Buller, mate. would <laughs> <laughs> be good for Buller. He might make number two. (laughs) (laughs) Start on the bench, obviously. Right, mate, back over to you. So, um, two to Newcastle and one to Bristol. Argentine rugby players have been signed by English clubs, which is fantastic. So, it's just just three for a start. It's not, though, mate. They've got so many over here already. Yeah, I know, but where else are they going to go? Well, I think um well, I think one of my stories is that basically they're off to a lot of them have been chosen or they're gonna be open up to the South American rugby uh they're gonna be drafted out. Right. So the rest of the the Haguares the team, they're gonna be drafted out into the South American competition. Wow. Which is really it means it's great for South American rugby competition, yes, but yeah. it's obviously not of a really high standard. So I really fear for Argentina. I mean, yeah, the top players will go to Europe. Yeah, where they already are. Where they already are, yeah. It would have been quite nice 
for Super Rugby to support them a bit more and maybe have drafted them within the Australian and New Zealand franchises, you know? Because, you know, the Western Falls, you know, you got five and five. Mm. If all of those took two in their squads each or whatever and drafted them out, the, the, the players would still get the high-quality rugby that they need. They still get the finance that they need. And the player pool was improved from that yeah. competition. And it has still, you'd still have the Argentinian supporters tuning in. Yeah, because there's to, Argentinian players. Yeah. Mm. It would have been a, a great idea. But but that's common sense, buddy. Common sense doesn't always prevail, as we always know in this wonderful world that we have. Um. Next story for me is Barrett reveals his preferred position. There's the teams. There's been Hooker. a few stories, hasn't there, about Hooker. this? Yes. But he's come out and he said, "Yeah, I'm, I want to be ten. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I don't blame him really. No. So he's obviously going to go to um, Japan and play at ten, which would be good. What do you think, mate? If he's if he's saying that he wants to play at ten, he's going to be playing at ten in J- Japan. What's going to happen next year? Well, you kind of hope he'd play at 10. But what do you think is going to happen? He'll break a leg in Japan and then won't be able to play ever again. <laughs> no, God, I hope not. I think... I think Fozzy needs to start listening. Because I wonder how many conversations they've had between the two of them and saying, oh... You're playing 15 t- tomorrow, and he goes, right, okay. Or he's playing 10. Brilliant, I'm playing 10. It gauge the reaction that he gives you. Do you reckon Fozzie needs to sit down and say to him, look, listen, you're not my 10. You're my 15. And it's up to you whether or not you want to play at 15. Because don't get me wrong, if, if, if Forster, Foster... Fozzie. If Fozzie played him at 10, I'd have absolutely no issue. I, I think Bowden Barrett at 10's fantastic yep. player. But I just don't like the fact that it, it he doesn't seem to... He needs to make that decision. He needs to say, basically, Richie Mwang is my 10, yeah. or you're my 10, and we're going to move forward with that in place. I, I kind of feel that he wants Richie Mwanga to be his 10, but he doesn't know how to deal with the Bowden Barrett thing, which is very understandable. The world's best 10 for two years. Yeah. And now he can't get a sniff there. So, I mean, I watched a f- couple of first um, Tri-Nations games, and at 15, Bowden Barrett was really good. He was really good running in from deep, <coughs> attacking. Would you rather have Damien McKenzie at the back? What I'd like is is I would like Bowden Barrett to play as a traditional fullback rather than a double pivot fullback. Traditional fullbacks snipe in the back line, come yeah. in, hit 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 at pace. And that's what Damien McKenzie does really well. That's what Damien and, and Damien McKenzie is a traditional fullback, yeah. but not when he plays for the All Blacks. No. They'd like this double I mean so basically double pivoters, they have a they have two fly halves playing on the pitch. Mm. But then you have no one coming in from deep, no extra layer of attack, and eject that pace. Yeah. And I would like to see Bone Barrett do that job 
and have him on the pitch because he is on the. He's a fantastic player. He is. You got to have him on there. But it must be hard to listen to. I want to play at ten, but I'm the world's best ten for two years. But not anymore, mate. You can only. Do you want to play at fullback or do you want to not play at all? There's I'll a little bit of a talk saying, "Shall he play on the wing?" Imagine that. It's like you know, the worst kids when they start rugby. Just play him on the wing. Just stick him on the wing. No, mate. but the thing is, is would he be better coming off the bench and being like he was when he first started, that utility back? Because he can play anywhere, can't he? Yeah, I agree with you. Imagine Bowden Barrett coming off the bench with 25 minutes to go, 30 minutes to go. Yeah. I mean, he's just a great player. Yeah. He's almost too good in a lot of positions, so he can't, as a coach, you're like, well, I could play him anywhere. I would probably uh, lean towards him starting at 10, then Richie Mwanga coming on second half, Bowden Barrett moving to fullback. That's what I would lean to. I think they have this real headache about kicking. So they've got Richie Mwanga, who's a good kicker but not a great kicker. You've got Bowden Barrett, who's a kicker, um, who can be off the tee, sometimes amazing, six from six type thing, and then can be not very good. And but then, then you've got Geordie Barrett on the wing. And then they literally, Geordie Barrett's uh, like, oh, we want him to play because we need this long-range kicker. So they've got three kickers on the pitch. None of them will class. No. But they've, they, that's the headache that they've got. So I just would love to see someone like Bowden Barrett go out and say, uh, I'm going to really improve my kicking. I'm going to play at 10. Because I don't think we'd have this, we don't think we'd have these conversations if he was an amazing kicker. No. I agree. So that's an area where maybe he has to improve. Anyway, we've well, spoken way too long about to Bone Barrett wanting to play at 10. We all knew that anyway. <laughs> uh, so similar sort of um, story was uh, Rico yeah. Yuani yeah. has come out and said... He's come out? He's, really? He's, let me finish. He's come he's out determined and he's got his family round. <laughs> he's determined to prove himself in the number 13 jersey. So he, a bit like uh, Bowden Barrett, has come out and said, this is what I want to play. I think he's an exciting 13. Yes. Do you know who else I think would be an exciting 13? Who? Caleb Clark. Oh. I could imagine Caleb Clark in the future, but that's going to be another issue, isn't it? That's like a Ma'anonu. Yeah. Starting on the wing and then coming in. But, but I... But, but I do see that. Imagine Caleb Clark at 12, Rico Ioane at 13. Too, too similar. In, in, in like five years' time. Too similar, I reckon. Or is Caleb Clark just going to be that garbage truck that just runs through anything? Well, that's what I mean. Like, you know, he's a tough guy to tackle, isn't he? Yeah. And he's got, I mean, he's got good hands. He's got good and hands. And he did play at 13 all the way through school. And, oh, did he? Yeah. So both Rico and Caleb Clark have played during their rugby. But they've been pushed out. But in senior level, they've been made to go out. Oh, you're not quite mature enough. And and it is a position where age does start to come. And you look at all the best 
twelves and thirteens. The old they've played older. their best rugby yeah. in their last few years of rugby. You know, so all the greats, Frank Bunce. Bring back Conrad. Conrad, <sighs> Maha Nonu, yeah. all of those guys, they, they actually played their best in their last sort of three to four years of rugby. Bring back Conrad. Conrad, Conrad Maha Nonu pairing was fantastic. Well, it's like Ryan Crotty, isn't it? Ever since we've had Maha Nonu and Conrad, we've never, never seemed to replace them. No. And I think that we will do, obviously. We've we've done this a million times before. But Ma Nonu and Conrad took years and years and years to develop from Frank Bunce and Walter Little. So in those t- that far back. Yeah. We we didn't really we went Lee Stensners for it. We went to, we had some We're shockers. Tana oh no, that was true. <laughs> 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 you know, I got that wrong. Uh, but, you know, but we searched for Tana Umanga definitely yeah. it was a fantastic thirteen, wasn't he? But we had Dan Carter playing at 12 for a while yeah, and things like right. that. But that was know. when he first started. Eh? Yeah. So it is a really interesting position. I think he, he should play at 13. And I think we just need to hang our hat on him and say, okay, you're going to be our 13. We're going to spend time to develop you. And we'll build guys like Anton Leonard Brown to be those subs that come yeah. on. And change the game a little bit because Anton Leonard Brown is a very good player when the game breaks up. He's a great player, Anton Leonard Brown, but he's not going to. He's not a starter. No, for me. Okay, so interesting. Um, schools level tackle ban because over here people are trying to say this is when I say over here. I'm talking about the UK. There, there is a group of Oxford. Well, there's a group of um, bright people, academics who are recommending to the government that there be a tackle ban in schools now. And they've been recommending it three times before. Three times. <laughs> Two fingers <laughs> went up there. Um, and it's not gone down well with schools. No, of course it hasn't gone down well. They're basically saying, listen, we're happy to change. We need to make changes. But to stop all contact in in schools would be detrimental to the game of rugby and actually would be more dangerous because if you're not doing contact, you're then not at learning. what point do you do contact? And you're when not, you do yeah. do it, you're much bigger and therefore the, the contact is heavier. It's just like anything. You, you learn as a youngster to then become better as you progress in age or as you get older. Yeah. Uh, I mean, coaching, I've coached all levels, you've coached all levels. It would be fair to say, and this is just our opinion, and this is definitely just our personal, well, my personal opinion, is I haven't really ever felt worried in in general, because rugby is not a safe sport. You do have injuries, but it would be fair to say that, that if you drew a graph of injuries very, very few serious injuries have happened when I've been coaching younger kids. It's only when I've been coaching the first 15, under 21s and higher yeah. that literally that that injury issue becomes a huge issue. So I can remember coaching for like a whole season and pretty much I could have had a squad of about 15 kids playing 12 aside, and 
I would have been fine. Yeah. No problems. I got 12 kids on the pitch, three subs, and I didn't need to put the subs on at any point during the season because no kids got injured. For but I just reasons. rotated them around. Yeah. Yeah. To give them all a game. Yeah. And then it goes from then going to first 15 rugby, which is you know every game you are going to need to make at least one to two injury replacement subs. And that comes purely down to the fact that at first 15 level, the boys are bigger. They're stronger and they're tougher. I was going to say they also have a bit of disregard for their own bodies as well. They put themselves in positions where maybe if they were younger, they'd go, oh, no, I'm not going to go into that position. Yes. I'm just going to spread out wide and defend here. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 my, my kind of gut feeling is that, that, that I don't see, I hope I don't see the whole contact concussions to be an issue younger down. But... We don't know. No. We don't know. And but, we're not the ones making the and decision. we're not the one making the decision. But that's how I feel. It is. It does become an issue at First 15 Rugby, 18-year-olds, 17, 18 And all the research does back that up to say, actually, between, you know, from, from dot to about 14 to 15 years of age, there doesn't seem to be the body of evidence to say that there is an issue. Yeah. Uh, a major issue, anyway. It seems to be a very safe sport up to that point. But then past that, it becomes a problem because the boys are just bigger. And as you say, they, they become more professional. They yeah. train more. Yeah. They are playing much bigger, you know, often adult men-sized players yeah, they do. at the age of 17, 18. Yeah. You know, they're fully fully developed by that, by that stage. So it hasn't gone down well. And it'll be interesting because, you know, obviously if England ban, ban contact sport in schools they're not saying they should ban it at rugby club but they're saying they should ban it at schools because at schools kids don't really have a choice to play rugby they're kind of it's part of the curriculum but at a rugby club they know that they know the dangers and therefore they make the choice but if you're just relying on club rugby you're minimizing your pool of players massively aren't you yeah be very interesting to see where this all ends up but if england did it then would New Zealand do it? Would would Australia do it? No. No. Wouldn't think so. And what about rugby league as well? You know, rugby league doesn't seem to have these issues. No. Well, not that we've been reading anyway. No, and they've been professional for a very long time. So maybe they've just been doing things better. Eddie Jones came out and he said, why don't you just say... Steady Eddie. Why don't you just say to schools, you've got to tackle below the waist. Yeah. You know? Tell kids, right, that's a new rule. But, um, you know, if you're under the age of 18, the tackle height is the waist. Steady Eddie talks a bit of sense. Yeah, uh, maybe. But then, you know, you're, you're getting rid of that dangerous tackling. You're getting rid of the head highs, yeah. the head clashes. But then you're still there's still potential for injury because you put your head on the wrong side, you get a knee to the face, you get stood on, anything. So the injuries won't stop. No. How many concussions have you had in your life that you can remember? I've had a few. Roughly how many? Probably like two or three. Yeah. Maybe four. I've had four, right, in my life that I I can 
definitely so. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I've had other little ones. Yes, same. I had one where I um, I've spewed up after I got head knock. Yeah, so that wasn't very good. There's definitely a concussion <laughs> that one, mate. That wasn't very good. So, but two of them weren't rugby. One was playing hockey. Really? For the staff team here. Really? <laughs> yeah. Did you get hit in the head? Yeah, I got a shoulder from Robbie Leventhal. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me in the in the temple. Um, and one was from a fight that I may or may not have lost <laughs> when I was a real whippersnapper. Only two have been playing rugby. And yeah. I played in the centres. It might tell you a little bit about my tackling. Either it was very, non-existent, or very good, or non-existent. <laughs> you know, you very know. good tackle technique. <laughs> <laughs> so it just showed. I mean, I played till I was twenty, till I was thirty, basically, yeah. and then I retired to coach and uh, bring up my children. So you know, I don't know. Some people are more susceptible to it than than others, like Ryan Crotty, or yeah, you know, he seemed to he really was bad, struggle, wasn't he? So. But we'll, we'll see what happens. I just think we do need to change. Even if they turned around and said to schools, you can't play 15 a side anymore. You're going to play 10 or 12 a side. Um, you've got to tackle below the waist. It'll be a, a lot more tries. Do you know, another thing that one of the coaches mentioned on a, on a course was, why don't we just say it's a penalty if you tackle with the wrong shoulder? You know, if you if you see a player tackling with the wrong sh- shoulder, it's a penalty. Yeah. Those are the rules that if they made if they implemented them would be fantastic because kids then would go, Oh, crikey, I right from young down, right from you know, when you're playing yeah. under under seven learn quick to they a, would learn really quick to tackle low yeah. and to tackle with the right shoulder or the you know, the correct shoulder. Yeah. But then you need the referee to be on On board, yeah. On board and know his stuff. Because a lot of referees don't know this stuff. No. Absolutely don't know their stuff. Mate, last one here, we've got to mention it, is James O'Connor uh, oh, wanted yes. to move to the Chiefs and have reportedly has been blocked by the Australian Union. I don't like this idea. Well, of him going? I just don't like... Or the blocking? I just don't like the idea of the Chiefs wanting him. <laughs> That's the idea I don't like. They should I, want Cipriani. I just like the fact that, you know, Australia is full of Australians playing for Australian teams. And New Zealand is full of New Zealanders or Samoans or Fijians uh, play, <laughs> playing for the, their side. And it's, it's passionate and you're playing for where you kind of grew yeah. up. I, mean, I know that doesn't really exist, but I like to think it does. Yeah. But, you know, when someone from Australia who's played in Australian conference for a long time is moving across the Chiefs, I just don't like that. I just don't like it. No. It just doesn't sit well with me. Maybe I'm a bit old school. Interesting though, interesting that he wanted to go. Will will the rugby union sort of shun him now for wanting to go? They've said no. I I think that he spoke to them. It was like an right. open thing that I'd like to go. I'd like to play. You know, I'm getting near the end of my career. This is something that I want to do. Because he's he's he signed a two and a half year deal, didn't he? Yeah, with the Reds. with rugby Australia and the Queensland Reds. So that was 2019. So he's got what? Six months left, potentially. Oh, no, I think he's still got two more years to go. Oh, right. In that contract. So we'll see what happens. But I think he was like one of those ones, I quite like to do this. Can I go? Is it okay? And they've turned around and said no. We haven't heard anything from James O'Connor to say that he's upset about it. I think he was just inquiring. Right. Obviously, 
he must know someone at the Chiefs that said, well, yeah. maybe we're open to it. And he's going to ask the question. But, um, you know, I, I don't think he's upset about it. And, and I think actually a lot of people are slagging him off saying it's a typical James O'Connor thing, which is the James O'Connor show. But, I really like James O'Connor. Yeah, I think he's a good. And also, you've got to respect him for coming back to Australia. Yeah. You know, he's been overseas. He's well, he hadn't played for the Wallabies since. 2013. Yeah. And I think he wanted to go to the Chiefs because he thought potentially, because it was in the same competition, he would still be selectable for the Aussies. Right. So they've gone, no, no, no. no. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Right, mate, should we go over the matches for the weekend? You want to start us off with the Heineken Cup? Um. Toulouse and Exeter Chiefs. <laughs> should we have a, we have a siesta break? Oh, mate, I'm naked. <laughs> I'm bloody naked. <laughs> you want me to read stuff on the screen? Uh, 28 nil, uh, COVID, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, then we've got Bordeaux versus Dragons, 47-8. That's an absolute thumping. Yeah, the, the, let's be honest. The Dragons are n- uh, not much to write home about, mate. No. Um, South Africa Sharks versus, I mean, sorry, yeah. Sale Sharks <laughs> versus Edinburgh. Ah, they lost. 16-15. Got it, eh? Yeah, unlucky. Clermont uh, lost to Munster, 39-31. Isn't that, a, isn't that a good game? Like, how many points is that? It's yeah. so un... Actually, very, very briefly, you look at the next game as well. Gloucester 38, Ulster 34. Yeah. Um, another another couple of COVID hit, and then it goes Leinster thirty five, Northampton Saints nineteen. Games. Yeah. Uh, Wasps thirty three, Montpellier fourteen. There's, there was some good rugby. How played. come you took over from my? Just because you looked like you need a siesta break, mate. Why did you take over? That's not very nice of you. I'm just saying. I'm making, no. I'm making a point no. here and trying to help you out. Don't like that. Actually, <laughs> I, you probably can't smell anything, but I can smell it. It smells like a bad attitude. Yeah. Mate, you should lift up your own uh, underarms. You'd smell it there too. I've had a wash. Can I just say, it's well worth going over to the YouTube channel to see <laughs> what we're hearing today. Hey, hey, don't be nasty. My <laughs> grandmother, <laughs> grandmother knitted it. No, no, no. Your grandmother knitted it for your granddad 55 years ago. So what I would say is, go hey, across to the YouTube channel. Please, nah. go across. Maybe put a comment in the comment section about... What you think Toby looks like today? I've made an effort. I've gone old school rugby top here, mate. Uh, jeans. What, I've, even socks. Tucked, I've even tucked. I've even tucked my socks in. Oh, look in a, a hole, hole there. <laughs> look at that village. <laughs> and Toby, absolutely village. You've gone for a, the what? 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 What would you call that look? It's a woolen vest. No, no. I'm just saying the look in general. Well, I've just got out of the bloody bed, man. Bohemian? No, class. <laughs> Absolute class. Yeah, make him a point. There were some great games of rugby and yes. entertaining rugby, considering that it is uh, the Northern Hemisphere we're talking about. <laughs> uh, the Griquas played the Bulls. Yes. Well, they didn't play. COVID. Yes. COVID again. So they got their first draw. They got the first points, yeah. mate. Yeah. Class. Go the Griquas. I rate that. Uh, the Lions <laughs> beat the Sharks 27-12. It's a bit of an upset. A big upset. Uh, and then the Cheetahs beat the Pumas 35-31. Now, the Lions won that game because the Lions scrum was absolutely amazing. Really? Yes. 
It was yeah. absolutely amazing. And actually, the entertaining game of the weekend was the Pumas versus the Cheetahs. High scoring affair. Well again. worth a watch there. And the Cheetahs pretty much scored one of the best off the back tries, off the back of the scrum tries I've seen. Really? Yeah, it was a really nice play. Beautiful hands by their eight. You know, it was like an uh, an eight nine back to the eight, right. back inside uh, to another player. Then he chucked it back to the nine, and the nine goes underneath the post. It was really nice, but it was a good game. And it was fair to say that the Lions have come from nowhere and are now showing why they were good, have been good in the previous years. They've got an awesome scrum. They've got a great line out, and they play boring test match rugby, but they're damn good at it. I was going to say, they're, like you say, they're, they're good at it. They yeah. make it their own. Every time you're a Shark supporter and you think, we're going to win it this year, they let you down. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't get to. Um, it, we, mate, on the Curry Cup table, we've got the Bulls in top position, the Lions now number two, the Sharks in number three, and the Western Province in four. And then, it's close, though. That top four's, well. Where are the Griquas, mate? They are on seven points. Right at the bottom. How have they got? Have they got? Seven they must have had losing bonus points. Losing and a draw, and a draw is worth two. <laughs> <laughs> mate, what caught your eye over the weekend? There's not COVID, lot, mate. There's not a lot to talk about. Is UK's it? got a new strain. We're all going to get it. The world will go on though. Rugby will still be played, but just with some. Cancellations, unfortunately. Yeah, a lot of cancellations. We've had three cancellations in the Heineken Cup. Yeah. We had one cancellation in, in Super Rugby, uh, well, the Curry Cup. Um, yeah. I mean, what caught my eye was where's the offloads gone in the Curry Cup? In the Super Rugby, offload here, offload there, offload everywhere, and now no offloads. Is it because the Curry Cup they feel is more prestigious. They want to win that one, so they're not going to play as flamboyant as they would in the Unlocked. Super Rugby Unlocked. I don't know. Honestly, I can't work it out. Same players. Yeah. Same conditions. Same coaches. Same coaches. You know, it's just bizarre. I was excited about South African Rugby. You know, going, wow, look at this offload game that they've brought in. You know, prop forwards offloading it here and it just has gone and, and evaporated. Um, and really, tackle high, if they bring that down, could be quite interesting. You know, if World Rugby says, actually, we're going to make, you know, below the, well, we've spoken about this before, below yeah. the old nip-nips, that's where you've got to tackle. Oh, it's below the nipples. You know, but the... the, the what off- if you've got really high nipples? What if I've got a third one? <laughs> <laughs> what if you've got a fourth one? The village. <laughs> village <laughs> that was bad all right mate we're over to the listeners questions yes, and i'm we a little are. bit worried because i've looked at the old recorder and there's only a one bar so hopefully oh, we can no. get through right okay this. well should we do okay. ours first yeah very quickly okay um if you could have tea so if you could have a cup of tea or dinner yeah either or uh with any coach current coach nah any coach any coach yeah got you wayne smith Oh, yeah. Yeah, Wayne Smith. Oh, yeah. Current he, coach, though. Current Scott co- Robertson? Y- mate, 
Fozzy? Itty. Steady Itty. Only nah, because it'd be, be chat. real entertaining. Oh, no, it'd be great nah. chat. Nah, it'd be dumb. Do you reckon? Yeah. You're going to take it too seriously, wouldn't he? Yeah. Scotty Robinson would be entertaining, wouldn't he? He would be entertaining. Tony Brown. Oh, Tony Brown. Yeah. Dave Rennie. I mean, there's a lot of there's good guys. There's a lot of good people out Why there. Why don't just invite them all to tea? Ah. But if I had to choose one, it'd be Wayne Smith. Wayne Smith, yeah. From from the history of... The only thing is I've had Great quite coach. a bit to do with Wayne Smith, so maybe I wouldn't choose him just to try someone different. Oh, you're going to start mm. trying people. <laughs> Keys in. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What about you? Mm. I'd go Tony Brown. Tony Brown. Yeah. Good shout. Go Tony Brown. What about overseas coach? Maybe Warren Gatlin. He's not. Can you say he's overseas? Well, he, he he's come back for a year. Okay. So, so no, but then overseas. Okay. Um, Razzie Rasmus. Oh, yeah. good shout. Harry turned the South Africans from a team that got demolished by forty odd points a year and a half earlier yeah. into the team that won the Rugby World Cup. That is a good shout. Maybe Ledesmo also would be just oh, great fun, yeah. wouldn't it? There'd be a few Chica? beers. Michael Chica. Oh, Chica. Yeah. He'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's wealthy, Chica. He owns a, like he? A, a jeans importing company. Wow. So he'd be he'd be shouting you. Oh, he'd, he'd be yeah. pink champagne, especially, mate. Especially you'd, in... Um, you'd, you'd go well with him. Right. You need to stop bullying me. Bullying in the workplace. I'm, I'm complimenting no, you. No, you're not. <laughs> and he'd be in Argentina, so there'd be a lot of steak, a lot of beer. Oh, a lot of steak. Good steak as well. Good steak. I reckon the lads used to love going to Argentina just for the meat. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. Good question, mate. I've got one for you. Or shall we go over to our first listener's question? You do you. I'll do me. Okay. I'll no, do no, me. I'll do me. <laughs> I'll answer my own question. No. Uh, if you could... Have any former rugby player or coach as your best mate, who would it be and why? Daniel Carter. Oh, <laughs> I, I thought Dan Carter too. Yeah. Why Dan Carter? He's loose. <laughs> no, he's not loose. He's not loose. He's not. Only He only was loose when he went to France for the smallest amount of time. <laughs> I think he's just a, he'd be a good laugh. He'd be a good laugh. Do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon. He's quite a quiet guy. I think, yeah, but he's your best mate. True. You, you're you, never you quiet bring, with your best you mate, You would bring you? out the best yeah. in him, wouldn't you? Yeah. Who would you go for? Oh, I was thinking Dan Carter. Oh, okay. and, and the reason why I'm thinking Dan Carter is because he's still playing. Yeah. So he can still get all tickets. Yeah. So you still get some freebies for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, if he was your best mate, you've 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 gone through that journey with him over yeah. a very long period of time. You've so been through thick and thin. You've been through thick and thin, and I just think he, you know, he's gone. He travelled the world, and I think he's. Um, I mean, we have a lot of good, lot of good stories. A lot of good stories, and it would be great to have seen him go through that, go through that kind of story. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. What about overseas player? Best mate, yeah, that's a good one. Owen Farrell. Oh, I, but hey, mate, by all accounts, Owen no. Farrell is a top bloke. 
by all accounts, he's just a pest. Said no one ever. If, if you are not playing with him. Yes, it's by, true. By all accounts. Um, James O'Connor would be pretty interesting. He'd have a I lot suppose. of stories. He'd have a lot of stories. I quite like someone like Michael Hooper. Oh, yeah. David Pocock, because yeah. they're like, you know, they're interesting characters outside of yeah. rugby as well. Like that idea. Bucky's Botha. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you could go you anywhere. you get in trouble when you're with Bucky's Botha. Yeah, it's a good, that's a, uh, oh, David Campisi would have been a, a oh, real yeah. good guy to be supporting when when he was going through. John Kerwin, another one. Yeah. Jonah. R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, mate, um, our first listener's question. I really like this question because it's a Christmas question and it is the Christmas special. Has anyone noticed the difference? <laughs> Apart from me saying jingle it's bells, the Christmas. Jingle bells. <laughs> All I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> You've got me, <laughs> mate. Oh, I'm bad. Uh, <laughs> I'm bad. <laughs> Thanks for putting on a great weekly podcast, guys. I look forward to it each week. I'm glad you do. Thanks for that. Uh, we are in the week before Christmas, and I wanted to buy something for my brother who loves rugby. My question to you is, what is the best rugby-related item that you've ever bought or received? Me, thanks for putting on a great podcast. It's definitely my favorite po- overall podcast. Well, that's good. David Knox. I think we've had um, something from David Knox in the past from Edinburgh. Excellent. What do you think, mate? Best thing that I've received. Anything All Blacks, I'm happy with. Yes. Good quality kit. Yeah. But it's got to be the real... The most important thing here, David, is don't buy... The non-official item. No, it has to be official. It's got to be official. So if it's for the All Blacks, it's got to be the Adidas. And it doesn't need to be current. No, I agree. It could be old. Yes. Um, but going, the best thing that I've bought or have received is a half a rugby ball. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. So that you can pass it against the wall. Pass back. And it comes back to you. Or you can... So a line out, if it's a hooker... They can throw it and it comes back to them and they're absolutely fantastic. If he loves his rugby and he's playing rugby or for if it's for like a nephew or something like that, yeah. I would say the half a rugby ball is absolutely awesome. But other than that, anything that's the official kit in the right size. Yes. The right size is a <laughs> the must. The right size is a <laughs> must. Don't be that guy that buys the triple XL because it's on sale. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. What about you, mate? Anything that you've received? And you can't really. beat a rugby ball, can you? Like, no, you just can't buy a rugby, a rugby ball. ball. I always yeah. think. Get it signed as well. Like, if it's for your brother, you know, get the whole family to sign it or something like that. Oh, no, that's village. That's village? Yeah. Okay. Just a plain rugby ball. <laughs> <laughs> no markings. No markings. Right, next question. Hey, what about you? Oh. What have you got? What, what, oh. what have you received? Well, you you gave me an All Blacks jumper, didn't you? That was a too size too small. Village. It was one size smaller than me, and I knew I was fatter than you. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Bad form, that. Thanks for bringing that up. That was about last year, Christmas time, wasn't it? Oh, what is it? A year ago. <laughs> it's written on the wall, mate. I'm bringing it up every year. You want to go the next one, mate? Yes. Hi, guys. I would love to get your thoughts on who you feel has impressed and depressed you in the world of rugby this year. Love your podcast, boys. Keep up 
the work. And that's from James Brooks from Melbourne. James O'Connor has impressed me this year. Yes, 100%. Definitely. Yeah. I've really liked that. Coram Betty has been impressive. Uh, I know he's had ups and downs, but over the over it all, it's been good. Um, and Harry Wilson, I think this is all Super Australian. Rugby. Super yeah. rugby. And for Australia, young guy, been very, very good. Who's depressed me from the Australian kind of area would be, I don't really think anyone's depressed. Maybe no. that um, Mc, Taylor McDermott hasn't made uh, it into the... Tate McDermott. Tate McDermott. Yeah. I wanted to see him play... He did play rugby. a little bit. Yeah, only only a little bit though. Cameo, and he he didn't make a difference. No. Uh depressed me would be that maybe Dave Rennie hasn't had as big an impact as he could have, because they could have won three yes. games that they've drawn, and that's been a bit depressing for me in Aussies. What about you for the New Zealand who's impressed and depressed? Sam Kane's impressed. Yep. He's just been the, the sort he of He depressed me at the start of the year, though. Oh, did he? With the Chiefs. Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, he's been named captain. He's taken the foot off the accelerator, but he's done really he's done, well. He's done good. Um, who else is impressed? Depressed, probably Geordie Barrett. We don't like him. Um, he did impress me. Although he was super. fantastic in Super Rugby. Yeah. And to be fair, he wasn't actually that bad in the All Blacks. We just don't like him. Yes, you're right. Um, it's a bit Richie of a running Mwanga. joke. Has impressed? Yeah. Yeah. Has Bowden Barrett depressed the fact that he hasn't, there is no place for him? He hasn't made a huge difference. He's played well in the games. Yeah. But then you haven't gone away from that game and gone, wow, Bowden yeah. Barrett was absolutely class. Yeah. But where you've sort of gone away from a couple of games going, oh, Richie Mwanga played well. What's probably depressed me is that I still don't know our all-black team. No. I have no idea who's go- who he's going to choose next year. No, in that's the centres. right. Yeah. Who's he going to choose on the wing? Who's going to be our goal kicker? I've got no idea. That's depressing. And that's kind of exciting at the same time because I do believe we've got the players. Uh, who's impressed is Cato Clark. Yes. Impressed big time. Aaron Smith. Richie Mwanga. Um, Hosking's the 2-2. Hoskins Tutu was a uh, breakthrough player, really, wasn't he? I think he is the breakthrough player. Mate, we're near the end of the podcast. I know you haven't done one of these, but I I had done one and I wanted to share it with you. Okay. We're going to finish off with Where Are They Now? Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I just want to share it with you. Hopefully that we have enough battery to get through. Um, Joe Roth. Never heard of him. You don't know who Joe Roth is? No. He played for Australia, played for 10 years. He's a big guy. Was a big big, big winger. He was the answer to Jonah Lomu. Right, I'm going to look him up while you talk. Mate, I've got some information down there for you if you want. Yeah, but I'd need to see a picture. Oh, you need to see a picture. So, um, now Joe Roth, interesting story because he played for the ACD Brumbies, played under Eddie Jones, <clears throat> played 10 years for the Aussies. But retired at the age of 29, which is the peak of his powers. And has gone on, he went to Cambridge or Oxford University. Oxford University or Cambridge University? Oxford. He went to Oxford and he is a very, very bright man. And he is not currently, but he's been the CEO 
of quite a few businesses and his most recent one can I find it I've never seen him you've never seen never him never seen him never so ever so Joe Roth he won a World Cup yeah he won a World Cup mate yeah he's the CEO of the John James Foundation which is all supporting medical students through their um, their training and whatnot. But he was actually the CEO of the uh, Canberra University as well. And I just thought, this is a really interesting guy because he did everything in rugby, played amazing rugby, but then in a peak of his powers, left because he was just a bit bored and he never really, and he was always an academic and he wanted to go and do something a little bit different. And then he went and he's done things that have had nothing to do with rugby. Yeah, I like that. And there's not that many of those people left now, is there? No. It's because they don't earn enough in their rugby career where they feel like they have to go back and coach. Or maybe they want to go back and coach as well, but they feel like they've always got to be around rugby. Yeah. As an ex-professionals. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they've got nothing else. Yeah. They didn't go to uni, that type of thing. And so he, he won the Super Rugby title with the ACT Brumbies, won a World Cup, uh, you know, fantastic player. He was the young Australian of the year in 2007, and then he's just gone, right, I've done my rugby thing. I'm off to live the rest of my life. And what's interesting is the only other person that has kind of spoken like that is someone like Richie McCaw, who... Nothing to do with rugby. He's doing nothing to do with rugby. And maybe he might be one of the last of that breed. Yeah. You know? Where they, they went to university. And both of them are very very similar. Like Richie McCaw, he was very bright, did very well with his... Very awkward. Uh, you know, and... He he had he has a life outside of rugby, but he put all of that on hold until he finished rugby. Yeah. Seems like Joe Roth was the same thing, mate. He went to Oxford University and studied philosophy, politics, and economics. Yeah, weird. Amazing, eh? Wish I was that intelligent. He played three oh. games for the Oxford uh, University team and then retired from all other internet, all other rugby. It was obviously not a very good standard. Well, I I watched the game, the Oxford-Cambridge game. Oh, did you watch it? And his team lost that. And I thought, oh, he's going to rip it up. Nah. (laughs) Nah. It's actually relatively high standard. Mate, that's the end of the podcast. The Christmas special. I can go and sleep again. You can go sleep. (laughs) Well, I can tell you what, that jump's going to keep you warm. (laughs) (laughs) Mate. As always, we're going to take a week off next week. We are. Uh, So you won't hear our dulcet tones next week. But until the next time, it's always a pleasure entertaining you guys and girls out there. Goodbye. Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>